Hello and welcome to episode 26 of the Star Sport Podcast on what was a special weekend for West Cork Sport. My name is Jack McCarran of the Southern Star and I'm joined as always by Star Sport editor Kieran McCarthy. Coming up in a few minutes we're going to be joined in the studio by Peter O'Driscoll of Island Rovers who captained the Cork under-20s to All-Ireland Glory over Dublin on Sunday on Saturday evening. But before that Kieran, you were in Port Leash for the game and apart from the win what really stood out for you was the atmosphere in O'More Park. Yeah, it was a cracking atmosphere, Jack. It was one of those games, it was like a goosebumps game. There were so many big moments in the game and, and the Cork support was absolutely fantastic. What helped was that the Cork under-20 hurlers um, were playing Kilkenny in the All-Ireland Hurling semi-final just before it. It was a double header. So those Cork hurling fans stayed on. Um, I think it puts to in John Horne's comments that Cork hurling fans and football fans don't exist, but they do. Kind of, they were they were all the same the last day. So what you had is you had thousands and thousands of Cork GA supporters filling the main stand in Port Leash. So the atmosphere was was electric, especially when Cork got up and running. Um, all, all through, I suppose, from half midway through the first half, even at half time, the response that the Cork players got leaving the pitch at half time would put the hair standing up the, on, on the back of your neck. It was kind of it was guttural. It was a guttural roar. Um, to cheer on the Cork lads because they, it had looked ominous they were geez, they were nine points down in that first half but they come back and lead by two and to hear the Cork fans give to those to that young under 20 team such a rousing reception um, actually the Cork manager Keith Rickin actually kept his players on the pitch for a couple of seconds almost to to soak, soak up, feel the energy coming off the crowd, kind of, and it was it was almost reciprocated by the crowd. Then it was just a very unique kind of um, chemistry going on. But yeah, the atmosphere is one of the many things that stood out, Jack. Yeah, just to, before we move on from the atmosphere, I was watching some of the clips back from the TG Cahar Twitter account. They obviously posted clips from throughout the game, and there was one in particular that stood out. It was towards the end of the game. Maybe there was five, ten minutes left. I think Cork were leading by either one or two points and Dublin were on the attack mm-hmm. but the hunger shown by the Cork players to get back mm. the blocks they were putting in the shoulders they were leaving they eventually turned over possession inside their own 14 mm-hmm. worked it all the way up all buoyed on by the crowd cheering them on it almost felt as though every roar the fans would make the Cork players would get a little further they eventually got free on outside the Dublin 21 which was duly pointed and that almost was the feather in the cap because mm-hmm. They pulled a bit away from Dublin and the fans could really sense something special was happening. You really, really could. Um, that was actually, it was Carl O'Mahony got the free at the, end of that, uh, at the end of that move. But the work rate by the Cork team is insane. It's off the charts. Um, this Cork team, they refer to each other as dogs. They, they keep saying, if you talk to all the players, they, they're dogs, they're a pack of dogs. And you could actually see what they mean because their work rate is, like I said, it's off the charts. Like It's intense. They kind of chase down everything. They they chase, they tackle, they harry, um, and as well as that, as well as having that insatiable work rate, there's some classy footballers in there too. There's some really really fine footballers, and the crowd did respond to it. Um, it was it was magical at the end of it to be honest, because the pitch became a sea of red. There was thousands of Cork fans on on the pitch, and that feel good factor that we've spoken about the last couple of weeks about Cork football with the seniors getting to the super eights and the minors now shooting an All Ireland semi final this this Saturday. The under twenty under twenties now winning in All Ireland. You could you could see it out in the pitch because there was tears of delight, there was backslapping, there was cheers, there were smiles, and it was it was a really really good place to be. And you could feel the positive energy, um, just just 
amongst the Cork fans and the supporters and I think Cork need to bottle that because it was really special and it will be coming years to come a kind of I was there moment because like I, I know I'm repeating myself but the crowd was fantastic the performance was sensational and um, no, it was a really really good day for Cork football well just uh, you mentioned the seniors reaching the Super 8s and just to bring it back for a second to the Munster final against Kerry in Porky Queeb. And there was a moment in that game when Cork drew level mm-hmm. and Porky Queeb erupted and we noted it on the podcast the following week and they chanted, Rebels, Rebels. Mm-hmm. And you could feel a sense of togetherness amongst the crowd and the players. And in a similar vein to Keith Ricken keeping his players on a half time, the Cork players stayed on after the Munster final and clapped the Cork the Cork fans clapped them mm-hmm. off as they eventually walked in. So dare I say it, there's a touch of possibly Corkness uh, emerging here to take from that five-year plan that was released earlier in the year. But we're going to talk to Island Rovers man Peter Ojitskin in a minute. But before we do, Kieran, maybe you could just touch on some of the other West Cork involvement in Saturday's game. Yeah, um, like obviously there, Peter Driscoll is wing back from Island Rovers, and he was captain of this team. Uh, very fitting man to captain. He's been a mainstay of this team all the way through this campaign, and this campaign started back in in Clonakilty. So it started here in West Cork um, a couple of weeks back with a resounding win over Waterford, and then there was a win against Kerry in the Munster final. That fantastic comeback win against uh, Tyrone in the semi final, where they were was it six or seven points down early in the second half, and they came back to win that. And it was crowned by the 3-16 to 14 point win against Dublin last weekend. So we've Morris Shanley from Clonakilty, who's full back on the team. And and Morris, um, he's also known for his rugby prowess with Clonakilty rugby. But he was marking Dublin's danger man, Kieran Archer, last uh, last Saturday. Archer had scored 9-30 in four games in the lead up to this um, to the, to the All-Ireland final. So he was in red hot form and he was their, their go-to man. Archer did start well. He got 1-2 early on. But once Shenley got the grips with him, he just shut him down. And it, it was actually noticeable in, in the second half that Archer, whether he was spooked or what, but he was missing freeze and just kind of, you could see the Dublin team, the confidence draining from them because there was this red onslaught and it was becoming, Cork were in the, in the ascendancy and Dublin didn't, didn't know how to react. And that was very noticeable. Um, on another wing back is Garota Donovan from Town, a real warrior of a wing back. And he's been a, a mainstay again throughout this campaign. Going up into the forwards, Damien Gore from Kilmackaby, a former Cork miner. Um, Damien has always been a bit, of, a bit of a precocious talent. He was always kind of marked out for, for years ago down down here in West Cork as one to watch. Um, four points he got from play, Jack, the last day. He got three points in the second half in a row and it took Cork from three points clear to six points clear. And each point was... Each point was in play, but it was greeted with a louder roar, and it was just super scoring. But again, it just sums up this 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 Cork team. Like I said, the work rate, but then the class up front because Gore is part of a full forward line with Cahill O'Mahony and Mark Cronin. These three together have been absolutely lethal. Cahill O'Mahony is destined for big things. He's a young fellow from Mitchellstown. Um, he was awarded man of the match. Wasn't man of the he? match, superb, absolutely superb again. Um, Mark Cronin um, from Nemo Rangers in the other corner. Mark was man of the match in the semi-final win against, against Tyrone, and again he stood out again against Dublin the last day. So that full forward, full forward line alone. You'd be expecting ding, them to go on to hopefully bigger and better things. Um, keeping with the West Cork interest, Fionn Herlihy from Donnie's came on as a sub for the fourth game in a row. And for the fourth game in a row, he scored. He's been a real super sub. Um, Mark Hodnett from Carberry Rangers was also introduced the last day. Mark had started the first two games against Waterford and 
Kerry, he was a sub against Tyrone, came on, got a point with his first touch of the game. He was brought on again against Dublin the last day, played well. On the extended penalty, in, there was David Buckley from Newcastown, Kyle McGuire from Castlehaven, and Ian Jennings from Kilmacaby, which shows, again, this was the West Cork interest in this team. And it's important to mention, too, that Morris Moore, the, the, is, um, the Cork selector, is from Carberry Rangers, and he's a former Carberry Rangers senior football manager, and he was part of the Rowan McCarthy's management team when Ross won the county senior title back in 2016. So you can see there, Jack, there's a very, very strong West Cork connection to this team. And last night, there was a home, well, Monday night, there was a homecoming in, 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 um, in Island Rovers in Ra. Um, home club of Peter Driscoll for this team so for a journey that started back against Waterford and Clannacilty for it to finish on Monday night with a homecoming in, in Island Rovers it just has a lovely symmetry to it Yeah well you mentioned the scenes in Island Rovers last night as Peter O'Driscoll led the Cork under 20s team home following their victory over Dublin in the All-Ireland final so let's hear from the man himself the captain fantastic Peter O'Driscoll we're delighted to be joined on the Star Sport podcast by Island Rovers men and Cork under-20 captain Peter Driscoll, fresh from Needham Cork to the All-Ireland title on Saturday. Congratulations, Peter. Thanks very much. Yeah, it's um, a great honour and uh, it hasn't really soaked in yet, I suppose, the next few days and I'll be soaking in, so I'll have to enjoy that. So I'd ask you just about, I suppose, before we even go back to the start, just about the celebrations since since the final whistle went on Saturday. What's it been like? I presume it's been a... Bit of a whirlwind experience for you. Yeah, exactly. Or best way to describe it was a whirlwind night. Um, you know, straight away in the final whistle, the crowd and everything, they were already lined up on the side of the pitch ready to come into us. So that was surreal. And uh, being able to come home on it last night was fantastic. The, the atmosphere in Ormore Park on Saturday for for people who weren't there, it was just exceptional. I kind of, even from, from the press box, you could sense it kind of during the first half. The crowd was, was growing louder. The Cork fans, half-time, it was a bit surreal the reception they gave you and in the second half then every cheer got louder and louder and at the end of it it was a sea of red on the, on the, on the pitch that must have been pretty special yeah it was very special right even, even when we were down nine points they um they stuck behind us and when we got the first goal and Blake got the goal the crowd uh, they were really drove us on from there and we still blow them at half time for winning the rest of when we just said like if they're back us like this then there's, we have nothing to fear mm-hmm. and uh, they stuck with us and they were very good because I've said we go back to the start, would you kind of was Keith Ricken who um, who kept you out there at half time before you went in um, for the break against Dublin, and Keith was kind of was parachuted into the role earlier on in the year when Gino Driscoll stepped down. Um, Keith Ricken has certainly made his presence felt with this Cork team. He's kind of his man management style, his philosophies, his beliefs. Um, tell us a small bit about him and what's it like to kind of train under him because everyone seems to say they've never had a manager like him before. Yeah, that's. I think uh, that's what our, everyone in the squad says. Um, no one's ever experienced a manager like he before. He's um, he's an absolute gentleman, and uh, he he likes to be player led. So mm-hmm. like when it comes down to decisions about any problems we ever had, you'd ring Keith, and he'd say it's a, it's a, it's your problem. Like you have to try to sort it out yourself, and yeah. you let me know your decision. I'll back your decision no matter what. And um, you know, I think that that's helped us in both our our development as young men and mm-hmm. as players, especially. Because when it came to the Tyrone game and the Dublin game the last day, we knew that no matter what decision we made, keep it back us. Does he try and put the responsibility back on the players so kind of to help you kind of to, to solve solve the problems yourself? Yeah, like he said last night, um, below Baltimore, that you know he's he's a manager of a team, but at the end of the day, we manage ourselves, mm-hmm. and I think that's the biggest aspect that he brought to us and what really helped us this year. 
he seems very unique in, in his style. With an interview there with with, um, with Brian Hartnett, I think last week, and he was saying about I think when you met up first, was that he wanted you to tell each other about your dog, your sister, your it's all it's just just a different style kind of. He wanted yeah. he really wanted to create a bond between you. Yeah, and he certainly did that. I think uh, when he first came in, we were we used um we usually get the training a bit early, and we'd all be at the start of the year we have a big panel we've panel of forty plus, so uh, we were all crammed into one dress room and. Uh, we were told we're not to leave the dress room and, you know, unless we knew every single name yeah. and knew stuff about each other and you go around and test us to make sure we knew it and it certainly paid off. So you weren't really learning favourite movies, favourite songs? We learned everything, everything like that, yeah. And um, when you were actually talking after the game that the, against Dublin on Saturday, Peter, you mentioned that obviously it was such a fantastic feeling but it was almost tinged with sadness in a way, you said, because it's the end of the journey for this particular group because you've grown so close together. Yeah, I suppose it's um, it'll be we are now next week and for the coming weeks you know I used to try to drive up to Cork three nights a week or drive over to Clannacilty for training so um, and that's seeing a lot of lads like and we'll all be going back into the club championship and there's a lot of lads going to be playing against each other and stuff and possibly marking each other Yeah. so um, that'll be a strange right but uh, no it was a very enjoyable experience and uh, we'll miss it Let's go back so to the to the first Munster Championship game it was it was over in Clannacilty it was great for West Cork to hold the game beat them well Um that was the start of this journey. What are your memories from that game, besides getting two points yourself from wing-back? <laughs> yeah, I suppose um, uh, we knew that uh, bringing the game on Clannock Hilty was going to benefit us massively. Mm-hmm. We had played her against Kerry in the John Kearns, and uh, that was, we had a great day out there. So um, when we had the option, Keith said we'd go for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, football, uh, West Cork's the heart of football in Cork. So, uh, yeah, it was great. We just... Um, the most uh, best thing about that game was the way we were up when we were up so much. The lads never stopped; they were relentless, and mm-hmm. they showed it all year. Their, their relentlessness, and uh, yeah, we were delighted with that win. You were obviously captain by then. When did you find out that you'd be made captain? Um, or how did it come? About? It was just um, I think it was a uh, couple of uh, about a week before the um, first game against uh, Kerry in the John's Corner Cup. Mm-hmm. He just pulled me in. You know, he just told me, and I was delighted. And what sort of what sort of feeling was that? Had you any kind of inkling that they were going to ask you or? No, he never mentioned nothing besides that. Um, he never said anything about it. He um, he just kept it to himself, and then he just said it to me. And that was that was it. Was kind of put it back to it, to the back of my mind, and just concentrating getting ready for the Kerry game. And then obviously captain in in the Munster final, and things went really well there. Kind of a a really good cock performance again. And it's it's that often that a Kerry team is sent back over the county bounds with their tails between their legs. But they were in this instant like it was one of those days where everything seemed to go right for Cork. Yeah, everything went right. Went right that way. You know, we had a good win. Uh, a good win and uh, we had a good league win at half time mm-hmm. and um, you know but we always said ourselves it wasn't about beating Kerry mm-hmm. it was about no matter what team was if it was Clare or Limerick or Tipperary or in that Munster final we would have reacted the same way so um, I think that's um, the biggest thing about our team we, no matter who's put in front of us we treat them exactly the same and does like uh, the performance against Kerry and, and the manner of the win I suppose irrespective of the opponent how much does belief grow in, in the squad then you know how much does self-confidence grow off the back of those yeah, I suppose just uh, that was our, a lot of our first Munster final. A few, I suppose a few of the lads played all right against Kerry, uh, I suppose it was three years ago now, against Minor Blow and Fisher's Park. Mm-hmm. And, um, but for a lot of us, that was our first Munster final. So getting a win like that, knowing that we had a Munster medal and to be able to sort that in, especially when it was in Parky Ring, we had a home mm-hmm. crowd and everything. So um, that was very special. And uh, we knew after that that, you know, we've always said it, the sky's the limit and the opportunities were endless, so... And the sky was the limit. It was on into Tullamore, wasn't it, for yeah. the for the All Ireland semi final against against Tyrone, and that was another epic game. Um, what, three or four minutes into the second half, Tyrone are up seven points. Peter, what was what was the feeling then? 
yeah, I suppose we we did it. We raced into a four point lead, I think, straight away in the first mm-hmm. couple of minutes. We got an early goal, and I think Tyrone was the seven points they got without mm-hmm. our reply. So, um, you know, we were disappointed going at half time, but there was no real, um, like we we were very level headed going at half time. We knew that we none of us were happy with how we played, and we knew that. And you know, we kind of gather like we did in the the last day. We gather before we go into the dressing room, and we keep just asked us what 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 have we done well and what haven't we done well, and we were all able to give the right answers and we knew straight away that we knew what was wrong and what we had to change mm-hmm. so it was just a matter of going out and doing that in the second half and you obviously got the, the momentum behind you in, in, in the second half um, what was that feeling like then when you're kind of like is it even when you came back level Tyrone still kicked on two points ahead kind of it really was a game that went to the wire but you never you never gave up you know there's, there's serious belief in this team and that's one of the most impressive qualities yeah there's a real dogness in this team and you know the lads said no matter what whether they stuck the ball in our back in, mm-hmm. in the back of our net or we stuck the ball in the back of their net, we react we the same way as we would. So um for either of them. So it was just well, getting it's all about the next ball with this team. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's our biggest attribute. I remember we were just chatting after that um that win against Tyrone and you are emotional. I, I remember that talking yeah, to you yeah. and stuff. I could actually I could see it in your eyes that it, it, it kind of meant an awful lot. What was it about that performance that kind of that, that made it such an emotional moment? You know, I suppose when we were seven points down and just it was nothing but I was so proud of the lads like they mm-hmm. they reacted so well and you know a lot of people I'd say probably thought the game was gone ten minutes into the second half and we were seven points down and you know and uh, but like they I couldn't ask for a better bunch of lads like they were fantastic the way they've carried themselves all year and even throughout the celebrations they've been fantastic they're a really good bunch. Does that experience being seven points down against Tyrone and coming back to win did that stand to you in the All Ireland final on Saturday against Dublin because? To be fair, it, it was a pretty poor start to fall one six to no score down after twelve minutes, and Dublin looked kind of it looked pretty ominous. Kind of did that did that come back against Tyrone play any part? Like in terms of the self belief that, that you knew, okay, all right, we're nine points down, but it's we know we can get out of this hole. Yeah, I suppose every we we've talked about it different times. Like you know, we were, we played them in the first of June in the back pitch in Port Leash. We were down four points at half time, and they they were up. I you know nearly the same score mm-hmm. in the league um, in the first ten minutes. So. We knew we had it in us, and um, you know we talk. He talks about a lot of different stuff for training. Uh, the week before, he talked about hope, and you know hope. He thought you can crush hope. You can't. Hope never dies. Like you mm-hmm. can't. You never lose it. So you know we knew it. We knew we had that. We, when you hear those stories, like we just know that everyone, the crowd was behind us, and uh, just not to lose hope, we'll be okay. And then you went goal mad in the space of three goals in six minutes. Like it was sensational to watch. Like Blake Murphy kicked it off and then it was Mark Cronin um, got the second one and Cullum didn't with yeah. the tour goal what was that feeling like? Yeah I suppose it's real you know um, when you're nine points down and next thing six minutes later you're level and it, the game is back in the balance almost like starting fresh again you know it's hard to react but you know it was just about like I said getting ready for the next ball once every goal went in that, mm-hmm. I think that that's why we set up it was straight away all about the next ball and that's worked for us You probably didn't want the half time whistle to come yeah, I suppose we knew it had to come at some stage. Um, yeah, I think uh, we were up two at half time, two, I think. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we were happy with how we how we'd finished. Like, we knew Dublin would get a purple patch. Every team gets a purple patch. Mm-hmm. And I suppose they got theirs in the first 11, 12 minutes. And so we nearly had ours from the re- from, for the rest of the game. So we were happy enough that way. Um, but uh, we knew it, we had to go in at some stage. And, you know, it, it, half time was good. That, it came at a, maybe, I think it came at the right time. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, you couldn't you don't know how it could have went like you know Dublin they kicked a couple of points and they came back out so you know if we had been level at half time going in it certainly could have been a different reaction at half time so what did Keith Rickon say at half time to you? Um, you know we kind of when we first go in we get our different stats and stuff like that and um, 
we he just kind of talks us tells us get our breath back and can stay keep calm and then just mm-hmm. like we did like we do before we go into dressing and talk about what we did good and mm-hmm. talk about what we need to improve on and you know there's no real he doesn't really tell us what to do we we know what to do ourselves it's our own decision whether we want to go out and play how we want mm-hmm. to play or not and open up our shoulders and play because you said there Dublin got the first two points at the second half to bring it back level you scored them in 10 points to two for the remainder of the game and there was only going to be one winner and stuff um, it was sensational football at times there was one moment there midway through the half when Cork um, when Dublin were attacking um, and the, the Cork defence just hounded hounded yeah. won, won the turnover the ball was played up Mark Cronin was fouled and Cottle O'Mahony swung over superb free from from nearly 45 yards out out by the out by the sideline like kind yeah. of that almost sums up this team yeah, I did that video was um, trendy online as well, but I see there's a few people call it um, too definitely psychotic and all this. But um, uh, look, that's that's the way we've always we've always defended with pure tenacity. And mm-hmm. you know, I think watch the video back. Mike Mahoney gets a great hand in, and then Paul Ring makes up 10, 15 yards, mm-hmm. and he chases. I think it's James Dore and Gerald Donovan. There's fellas throwing their bodies in line at him, and um, ball pops up for Daniel O'Connell and straight away is what get the attack. You see that. Like we we're not a team that just stays back and defends once we turn over. It's all about attacking. We like to go forward. And, mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, Carlo was in fl- Mark and Mark and Carlo were in flying form. Yeah. So um, we're lucky that forwards like them who can kick scores from the distance they did. You said some people refer to you as psychotic. I think it's dogs that you've referred to. Um, like you've called yourself like a pack of dogs before. I see Carlo Mahoney in his men in a match interview referred to this team again as, as dogs. Is is that because of of the insane work rate that you put in that you hound, hassle, chase, yeah, harry? That's basically it. Yeah. So like, is is it something that you just kind of you just like dogs, work like dogs, train like dogs? Exactly. I suppose um, maybe um, we got the idea from the roars. I'm not sure where we got it, where we got it from. <laughs> yeah. But um, I know it's kind of a joke. We started off at the mm-hmm. start of the year and um, you know, in different games, and uh, next thing we knew it was kind of a kind of a all over the We kind of we started saying it too much nearly, and now, yeah. now everyone kind of thinks it, sees us as that way. Um, at what stage of the game in the second half did you think we have one hand on the cup here? Um, I suppose nearly was that that free kick from Cahill or um, I think Damien score Damien Gore turned there and he put a point over it. he blew it over the net mm-hmm. so um, I think that was one of the key moments as well and um, that 55 second video of our turnover you know showed the real difference in the fir- compared to the first 10 minutes of the game mm-hmm. and um, but you know we're a team that we never say we've never won anything until the final whistle goes and you know there was no one looking at each other smiling at each other you know yeah. when it was over like we we played right out until the end you know we kept we kept going as hard as we could and uh, that's the biggest attribute of this team. When the final whistle went, like I said, it was like a sea of red. All the Cork fans, kind of from 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 club mates, friends, family, they're all on on the field. How special was that to kind of to spend that twenty minutes, half an hour, forty minutes, even longer? I'd say you kind of you really did soak it up as players. What, what, what was that like after? Yeah, it was amazing. You know, um, the I think when Carl was taking his last free kick, the crowd was already along the end line. They they had to move him, um, for that. So um, they were they were ready to come in, but um. You know, it was fantastic. The the crowd were great. We, um, we've said it over and over again. They gave us massive support through the whole year mm-hmm. throughout the league and everything. So, um, yeah, it was fantastic. Um, quick word on your your acceptance speech. You finished it off with the words "We're back, baby," and I think that 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 can um, that can I suppose that's a calling card for Cork football at the moment. It's definitely on an upward curve, Peter. Like kind of the minors are in an All Ireland semi final against Mayo this Saturday. The Cork seniors got through to the Super Eights for the first time. The, obviously, the Cork under twenties winning the All Ireland. Good times to be a Cork footballer, and it's that's what we might have said twelve months ago. Yeah, I suppose it's come a lot of age. You know, they brought in the, it was a six-year strategic plan. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of I think it was eight months ago, and you know, eight months in we've already gotten All Ireland, 
and the minors are on the road for another one and the seniors are, went well this year unfortunately they didn't, have, they didn't get the result on yeah. Sunday but you know it's a lot of positives taken from there they ran, it, they ran every game close <laughs> so um, yeah I suppose car football is there from the rise again and you know it's it's good good time to be wearing the jersey is it a hope now that someone like of you under 20s in your last year that you can take the next step now and kind of force your way into the kind of senior thinking? Yeah, I suppose it's, you know, we we weren't, didn't just start thinking about after we won, you know, we've been thinking about playing for Cork Senior since you were four or five mm-hmm. or whatever you started kicking a ball. It's something you want to do. Like, so, you know, all these lads, it's um, it's well and good to be in on Ireland, but, you know, we're trying to make Cork Senior footballers out of ourselves mm-hmm. and that's, that's our aim at the end of the day. Because there's some serious footballers on that under 20 team, like there's obviously yourself and the West Cork lads, but... Mark Cronin and Carl O'Mahony have, have, have really stood out as well these um these these past couple of weeks. Carl O'Mahony's like the baby faced assassin. He reminds me of Oli Gunnar Solskjaer small, but you know, kind of he's just a lethal finisher, isn't he? Yeah, he yeah, I suppose um Carl, like you said in his own interview, was it hundred and fifty kicks three nights a week. They're out the lads are out there when, when I be coming to the dressing room, they're already going out there. I meet him at the door and they're they're going out and they're practicing their fees they're freezing, they're finishing, you know, and nothing comes without um without hard work. So mm-hmm. um the lads definitely put in they deserve it. The celebrations then on Monday night that um, Ireland Rovers, your home club, welcomed uh, the victorious Cork team down to your club grounds in Baltimore. What was that like for you to walk off the bus holding the cup and seeing so many locals there to, to greet you? Yeah, I suppose it was a fantastic moment. We um, we stopped off in um, Balanskarty. Um, there was a crowd there and uh, then we stopped off in Clan for Morris Shanley and Ross for Mark Hondit and then left for the Damien Gorney and Jennings and we had a fantastic reception in all those places and you know they were all very proud of their own support or their own lads and um, you know it didn't onto home and you know it was fantastic the crowd there were it was lovely to see everyone there How's it going to be how are you going to move on how's life going to move on after this this adventure over the last couple of weeks and months yeah I suppose um, just straight back into the club now we've um big game on the 31st coming up against uh, Fermoy so um, you know we're back to our back train out tonight so um, mm. it's time to get our feet back in the ground and get back to the hard work so no rest for the wicked. You 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 win an All Ireland um, captain Cork in All Ireland under twenty on Saturday, and you're back club training on Tuesday. That's that's dedication for you. Yeah, I suppose um, you know I have, have to go back at some stage. I saw always a point to and go for it now. But um, no, the club have been they've been amazing since um, not even since since day one. Like you know, and supporting me. So um, you know, I owe a lot to them. So I'm always a sh- at least I could do a show off the training soon enough. Quick word on Ireland before we finish up. Ireland football is on an upper curve too, kind of winning the Division 3 league final, um, beating Kirby Rangers in the first round of the senior football. Good times to be an Ireland footballer as well. Yeah, a lot of a lot of hard work is going to be behind the scenes this year as well. Um, you know, the lads are doing a great job, Fleur and Brenner and Sean Collins and Johnny Holland are putting in a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a real bond, same as same as with the 20s this year within the group and uh, we're enjoying it at the moment. Brilliant. I want to wish you best of luck for, for the rest of the season. Congratulations on Captain in Cork to All-Ireland's success. Not many, not many men can say that, Peter. So well done and thanks for joining us thanks today. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Star Sports Podcast. Don't forget to pick up this week's Southern Star featuring our award-winning sports section that has everything a sports fan in West Cork could want. Available every Thursday in shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world. The Southern Star, number one for sport in West Cork. Welcome back to the Star Sport Podcast. And Kieran, I'm going to assume there's going to be plenty of coverage dedicated to Keith Rickens' men's under-20s All-Ireland victory last Saturday. 
Yeah, Jack, if you're taking... In this week's paper, even. Yeah, if you're taking this was the Cork Junior All-Ireland wins, I think, 2011 and 2013, out, out of directing for a minute. This is Cork's first All-Ireland football title since 2010. So it is a big moment for, for Cork football, and hopefully they can kick on from here. So we're going big on, 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 this, uh, on this in this week's paper. We've um, seven pages on Cork against, against Dublin. We chat to Peter Driscoll, Damien Gore, Mark Hodnett. We've Keith Ricken there. We've Dennis Hurley's views, Tom Lyon's views, my own. Um, so yeah, kind of, it's a collector's item almost for for all Cork GA fans because it was a very, very special moment. Um, also, the Cork Minor Ladies won the All Ireland Football Final on Bank Holiday Monday, and Coursey Rovers Fiona Keating um, scored two one. Fiona recently picked up a West Cork Youth Sports Star Quarterly Award. And what's interesting here, Jack, is that she's a dual player. And this year, Fiona has now won an All-Ireland All Minor A Camogie title and an All-Ireland Minor A football title. So congratulations to her. Um, this Saturday is a big day for a certain Conor Horan. The Premier League is kicking back into action. And for Conor, his dream of becoming a Premier League footballer will become a reality. Um, Aston Villa are away to Spurs on Saturday evening. So we have a, a big interview with Conor just about the challenges Ahead and hope much he's looking forward to testing himself in the Premier League. And just to note in Villa's um, last weekend, Connor scored two sublime free kicks as um, Villa maintained their impressive pre-season record. Um, they beat Bundesliga outfit RP Leipzig. I know I've made a balls of that name now, but um, so yeah. So best to look to Connor this weekend. A lot of local action going on, um, so there's too much to go into here, but we've all that covered in this week's in this week's um, paper. Also, we have an interview with Donald Mornan from Skibbereen, who's the PRO of the Cork City Sports Meet that is on next Wednesday night, actually August 14th, up in CIT. Um, this is the same Cork City Sports Meet that Phil Healy set the 200-metre national record in last year, and Donald Mornan being a Skibman, it's, it's local interest, so he chats about what's involved in... Uh, in organising an international meet like this. As well as that, the Cork ladies are true to an All-Ireland semi-final, Jack. The the Cork senior men lost to Roscommon in their final Super 8 game. We have a preview of the Cork and Mayo minor football semi-final this week. And that's really still the tip of the iceberg. So it's action-packed, as you'd expect, this time of the year. Yeah, a packed edition of the Southern Star Sports section this week. And you can buy it in all good supermarkets, news agents, or any shops that usually sell newspapers and if you can't get to a shop Kieran, you can always get it online just click on www.southernstar.ie forward slash e-paper thanks for listening to this week's Star Sport Podcast we'll be back at the same time next week so if you enjoy these shows please make sure to rate review and subscribe on iTunes Spotify YouTube Acast Stitcher or wherever else you listen to the show Thank you for listening to the Star Sports Podcast. Don't forget to pick up this week's Southern Star featuring our award-winning sports section that has everything a sports fan in West Cork could want. Available every Thursday in shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world. The Southern Star, number one for sport in West Cork.